Here we go! What's up everyone? Welcome to Beyond Nintendo for your weekend edition. In today's show, we're going to be, well, over a brew, discussing the latest news and I may even talk about a game or two. See you in a minute. So it is the weekend, which does mean we've got some some Nintendo news. It's not been the most exciting of weeks, but let's still discuss what's been going on for the Red Brand this week. Today we're going to be looking at the Switch sales for the US. We're going to be talking about Animal Crossing and the most popular uh, villages revealed. Final Fantasy is set to get some uh, remastered twin packs are coming soon. And we've got some more tidbits as well. So let's start off with the Switch and how well it's been sailing. Um, Sunday usually means English is hard day. Every day is English is hard day for me, but there we are. Uh, the Switch has now been the best-selling console in the US for 22 consecutive months. That's a new record. Um, this is over at Nintendo Life, so thanks to those. As always, the links will be in the uh, show notes, the notes for the show, um, linked in the description of the show on the um, on iTunes. Wow. Um, I'm still trying to find somewhere to host my show notes um, and all that kind of stuff. I don't know where I'm going to be doing it yet, but we I have a plan and I need to get the plan sorted to know what I'm doing. So here we go. Uh, the article goes on and says, Earlier this week, the NPD predicted the Switch would be the best-selling console this holiday season in the US. The device is apparently in high demand, with households expecting to pick up multiple units in the fourth quarter. Adding to this, the lack of availability inventory of the new PlayStation and the Xbox systems, which will supposedly leave the Switch as an appealing and available option. If you weren't already convinced of the, Switch, the Switch's success is set to continue, in addition to this, it's now been highlighted that the hybrid system has been the best-selling console, uh, hardware console in this location for 22 consecutive months straight. That dates all the way back to December 2018, around the time Super Smash Bros. Ultimate was released. This, wow, 2018 was when Smash Ultimate released. Where is this year even gone? It seems this was actually a new record as well. The previously record holder was Microsoft console with the Xbox 360, which was the new best-selling console for 21 months, which went from August 2011 to April 2013. NPD's industry analysis, Matt uh, Piscatel, notes how the Switch is selling at or above levels never seen before in the US to date. The Switch has sold more than 62 million units worldwide, and back in August it surpassed the lifetime sales of the SNES. I mean, it's mad. Absolutely mad. I've got my Switch in my hand right now, and it's like the little console that everyone took the mick of in the beginning. I remember watching videos of, of people walking around with iPads with Wii remotes slapped to the side of the iPads and say, this is going to be a Switch. Could you play a game like that? And now everyone loves it. They adore it. I've always been a fan from the beginning of, you know, the inception of Nintendo Switch. And a good friend of mine, Bill, over at Run Jump Stomp, who hosts Nintendo Switchcraft, you know, he, he speaks very highly of it. Don't get me wrong. Nintendo have done some very strange things. And I, I mean strange the actual selling of hardware is an incredible feat for any for any um, company. And yes, you've got the pre-order stuff that's going on with PlayStation and Xbox. And, you know, the games itself, 
it's a good system to get you know get stuck into some games. Some of the highlights have got to be things like Odyssey, Zelda, Luigi's Mansion, Super Smash Bros, Xenoblades. You know, and there's games for everyone. It's not just a system for your hardcore gamers. Your you know, or sorry, hardcore console gamers. There's, a, there's games for everyone. I think as well, um, especially this year where we've had you know the ongoing global thingy. Um, and then Animal Crossing comes out on the 21st of March. That's going to keep it up there, you know, more than anything else. Animal Crossing can keep you busy for, for ages. Don't get me wrong, it's not for everyone. But still, you know, it's it's a game that's there. So it's great to see the Switch still selling well. And there's reported news that there's a 4K version coming next year. Whether that will come to fruition or not, I don't, I don't know. It's going to be one of those things to see if they release a pro model. You know, it's supposed to tie in with Breath of the Wild 2 being launched or whether Nintendo will just continue down this line of hammering out the Switch. You know, power-wise, it's not the most powerful console. You know, and one of the games I'm going to talk about uh, a little bit later, it, it shows there is definitely, you know, it definitely has its drawbacks. But actually, overall, the console is solid. There is no surprise it's selling so well. So, you know, hats off to the Switch for breaking that record. And it'll be interesting to see where we are maybe this time next year or in two, you know, two more years, whether we've got a pro model or whether we have got, you know, we've just got an up updated version of the original Switch. Talking of Animal Crossing, I thought I'd use this chance to talk about a story from Nintendo Everything where they've gone into Nintendo, uh, Nintendo's Animal Crossing, New Horizons data reveals the most popular villages and much more. This is posted on October 17th by Brian um, in uh, on for the Switch. I don't know why I said that bit there. That was very confusing and I have got no idea what I was talking about. The article goes on to say that Blue Planet Aquarium in Cheshire, United Kingdom, uh, analyzed keyword search data sourced from Google for every villager furnished houseware and clothing item in Animal Crossing's New Horizon. In the process, we're able to learn about the most and least popular villages in the game and more. Among the highlights is that Marshall was data determined to be the most popular character by far, beating out the next most popular character among monthly searches. Sadly, Clyde was the least popular with just 590 monthly searches. As an interesting note, 60% of the top 20 most sought after characters are female and 70% of the least popular are male. Based on data, cats are the most popular villager species with 25% of the top 20, whereas in contrast, frogs are the least popular overall. Although most popular personality types were normal and lazy, the least popular were cranky, jockey and snooty. Here are the full set of data. I mean, this is really interesting. I'd love to know how they got a hold of this kind of analytical data and then someone sat there with a spreadsheet in front of them looking at an Animal Crossing. Um... And that's and that's that's where we are, you know. Twenty twenty is uh, the highlight of twenty twenty for me. Is someone has sat there looking at a spreadsheet to understand who the uh, the most popular uh, villagers are. So as you can see, this is done by apples, which is hilarious. It's a great way of doing it. So the first slides up are um, most popular villagers. Uh, first is Marshall with um, his gender and um, pop, pop personality, smug. And it's rated on apples, so it's 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, 16, 17, 18, 19, 20, 1, 2, 3, 4, 24, and a half. Why have we got a half? That's really strange. 
Yes, I did just count apples on my podcast. Then Bob, Coco, uh, Marina, Zuka, Bo, um, Marangi, that's not how you pronounce it, uh, Pietro, Stitches, I'm surprised Stitches is so low down, uh, Anuka, and then so on, Cherry, Diane, Fauna, Ketchup, Lolly, Lucky, Molly, Raymond, Rold, and Rosie is the bottom. Rosie at the bottom there. Uh, moving on, we've got least popular vi- villagers. Clyde is up the top. Um, personality lazy. Um, with only two and a half, one and a half cherries. That's very sad. Uh, then Sparrow, Kevin, Callie, Candy. Um, and it, it goes on. T-Bone's in there. Rizzo, Peck. And then the you know, Elmer is at number 20. Ah, right. I understand now. I should look at the key. So each apple consisted of uh, monthly searches and uh, it was equal to 10k worth of monthly searches where the least popular villages was 500 monthly searches. And then we've got most popular activities. You've got um, most popular activities, how players spend time. This, I think, is the, the real interesting one. It's got quite kind of a really cool like uh, pie graph and... Um, Adding to museum, landscaping, bug catching, talking to villagers, fishing, gardening, shopping, swimming, earning bells, DIY and decorating, uh, visiting other islands and upgrading the house. They haven't got anything like the, uh, the dream stuff or anything like that, but adding to the museum is the most popular of the activities. Um, while landscaping comes in second and earning bells, which I think would be the, uh, one of the most popular would be, you know, at the top, but it's not, it's somewhere near the bottom. Upgrading the house is so small, it's not even got a percentage worth talking about. Visiting other islands is 3%. Now, I'd love to know why that's so unpopular. Um, is it because of the connection? Is you know We know that Nintendo loves to make you know everyone jump through hoops just so they can get online. Is that uh, you know a reason why that's so popular? Maybe that's my Twitter question for this week. Um, DOI decorating is also down low. Earning bells, as I said, was like swimming. Um, again, it's a new feature that you know was brought to us in the summer. Uh, interesting that it's so low down. It's in the bottom five um, of you know things to do: shopping, gardening. But it's equal with shopping and gardening, uh, gardening as well. Swimming there. Uh, fishing is it you know up there at nine percent. Talking to villagers, 10%. Bug catching, 11%. Landscaping is 13%. I suppose that's the end game landscaping. And then adding to the museum. So I'd love to know why upgrading the house is so low and why adding to the museum is, you know, so high. Is there more of a feeling of accomplishment when you complete your museum and not your own personal house? It's a, it's an interesting concept. And I think my next Twitter question will be based on this alone because I kind of want to, find out more especially from animal crossing players i think it's I think it's a really interesting um you know way of looking at how people spend their time in games going through google searches and trying to find out what people are finding i also want to know how they got this uh this data there's there's that's, that's quite interesting next up was the most popular clothing accessory the crown so these are f- equal to 50 monthly searches each peach uh, and the crown is top royal crown gold armor knapsack maid dress uh okay then the uh the meme shirt princess dress wedding shirt zap suit it's my suit by the way uh leaf umbrella um bubble gum 
apparently. Denim jacket, pacifier. That's that's the weird thing in Animal Crossing. They have a pacifier. I don't I don't know why. Power suit, water shoes, uh, paper bag, raincoat, slippers, straw hat, and tiara. Obviously, these aren't all um, of the clothing items in Animal Crossing. I guess these are just the ones that people obviously are searching. Most popular furniture and housewares. Again, each pair is equal to 50 monthly searches. Uh, top of the list is rocket, uh, a rocket, ironwood dresser, lighthouse, cutting board, simple pa- panel, stool, robot, hero, cushion, drinking fountain, fountain, um, lucky cat, moon, floor light, kitchen island, laptop, and then you've got a pool, surfing board, wave breaker, box sofa, and ca- campsite site. Interesting stuff there, actually. And I think this is going to build, as I said, I've said multiple times that this will build towards my next Twitter question. And maybe I'll ask the Animal Crossing Discord as well their thoughts. But it really does. You think a game that um, wants you to interact with other people, this is kind of a, you know, that, that would be up, up top of the list. But I do... You know, we've seen some great things in Animal Crossing. We've seen people make podcasts, do talk shows, do all sorts of stuff in there. And Animal Crossing is one of those games, that if you do pick it up, it's 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 going to last you years. It really will. So there we go. That's to- some of the uh, top searches for Animal Crossing. I'd love to know your, um, if, especially if you're playing Animal Crossing, it, you know, do you agree with those? Do you follow that kind of same pattern if you're searching for things? You know, your routine in Animal Crossing, do you... You know, are you adding to the museum all the time and those kind of things? Let me know and I'll give you all the links at the end of the show. Remember this. Well, my friends, that was the sleepy intro for Stardew Valley, and it's getting an update to the Switch. Stardew Valley is getting split screen co op. And thank you to Eurogamer for this um, by Wesley Yinpool. And it's Stardew Valley is getting split-screen co-op. The feature hits the much-loved indie classic with the upcoming 1.5 update on the PC version. And you can have up to four players split-screen, but some other platforms might be limited to two players. Developer Eric, concerned out uh, Baron, took to Twitter to announce the feature a couple of, uh, in a couple of screenshots. And that certainly have set fan, fans' tongues waggling. Yet yeah, the tweet here that he's got, he's got 71,000 likes um, with over 11,000 people uh, tweeting about it. Uh, just looking at some of the comments. Uh, could we use uh, put furniture outside, trying to rem- trying to place a bench outside the farm as well, but I couldn't. It's probably nothing to do with it. That was okay. Got the time to get back to the game, I guess. You know, asking people if there'll be co-op versions in the Android version. Nice, great job. When does it publish? What if Stardew Valley got a graphics update in years to come? Crazy, I know. Um, some some of the comments, not really anything to do with, you know. But, they're, you know, but it's great to see this game still getting the love. There's still a lot of fans who don't know about Stardew Valley's big update, but Baron has released snippets of the information and new features since he confirmed he was working on 1.5 back in February 2020. We do know bananas are coming to the game. Alongside Stardew Valley 1.5 update, uh, Bar 1, Bar 1, not Baron, Bar 1, is also in the early stages of the next two projects, both said to be single-player top-down 2D games with the pixel art aesthetics 
one of which is a non-farming game set in the world of Stardew Valley. But one has however suggested fans don't get too hyped at this stage. It's very difficult not to get hyped because Stardew Valley is a very good game. Um, I do need to go back to it. And with the Beyond Nintendo YouTube channel finally set up, maybe we'll have to do a Beyond Nintendo farm. And I do have a video concept that I'm going to talk about a little bit later. So... I'm just going to read this. This is back from April. Again, Eurogamer have got this for me. Um, and it's about the 1.5 update, which, again, I didn't realize was happening, if I'm honest. and uh, But the headline is, Bananas are coming to Stardew Valley. I can only guess this is something that was modded into the game, but the masses have spoken, and Stardew Valley will be adding bananas in its next big update. Bananas were but one of the options in a poll posted by Stardew Valley creator Eric Concerndate Barwon. Barwon? Barwon. 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 Earlier this week, with voters also given the choice of nominating Mango, which came in a close second, Passion Fruit and Avocado as the next fruit to find its way into the critically acclaimed and astronomically popular farming and village life sim. In case you're wondering, Apple, Apricot, Blackberry, Blueberry, Cactus Fruit, Cherry, Coconut and cranberry grape hot pepper melon orange peach pomegranate rhubarb starfruit strawberry and wild plum are already accounted for which does make me wonder how bananas didn't make the in the cut in the first time around oh and ancient fruit crystal fruit spice berries are also in there but i'm deeply skeptical those are real things at present bananas let's be honest the, the easy the dullest choice to emerge from the triumphs in the poll are only announced in the inclusion of Stardew Valley's 3.1.5 update, which developer has confirmed working on back in February. It follows Stardew Valley's 3.1.4 content update released late last year that introduced a heap of quality life improvements and additions including multiplayer, enhancements, fish breeding, clothes, tailoring and dyeing, new mine content, plus new clothing options, hairstyles, building decorations, oh, and a trash bear, whatever a trash bear is. Alongside Stardew Valley's 1.5 update, um, Concerned Ape is also in the early stages of his next two projects. We we already said that. But yes, I think this may may finally get me to come back to Stardew and we do a farm. I actually did download it uh, onto my Switch earlier. So it could be worth us jumping in and finally doing a farm. And I, I, I know full well that this game is huge. There's a lot to it. I just think it might be some good content for YouTube to watch me struggle making it. I can barely make it in real life, let alone if I had to look after a farm. But there we are. So that's Stardew Valley getting an update. Bananas are coming along with uh, a couple of other product projects that he's working on. I don't know if it's going to include the um, iOS versions or the mobile versions. I suspect the split screen for the Switch will be two player. And I expect like the PC, PlayStation 4 and other systems will get the um the four player pc definitely will probably get four player co-op but i don't know it's very strange i maybe switch will get four player i don't know it said it's it's confirmed for the pc um uh, on the pc version you can have up to four player split screen that's that's basically what it says uh but Clearly, we don't know uh, what the other co the other versions will get, but it'll be interesting. Remember, Stardew Valley is on Switch, PlayStation, PS4. No, PlayStation is a PS4. Oh, I'm making so many mistakes today. Uh, it's on iPad. It's on all sorts. Go get it. It's great. Have fun. Live your life farming away. 
let's do a bit of a round robin of three, four little news stories that I've got for you. Final Fantasy VIII, uh, Final Fantasy VII and VIII, sorry, remastered twin pack is coming to Europe, Australia, and more regions. I also did see a tweet from uh, JP Switcher Mania, and he did put on his Twitter um, about Final Fantasy IX also getting a boxed release. And I think this one's a limited edition. Um, so I'll do the Final Fantasy IX first. Pre-order UK Final Fantasy IX is up at bazaarbazaar.com for $39.99. It's a bit steep, but it's a, it's, it'll be a rare physical edition. Plus, say 5% on the game and all products on the site with code Switchmania. So there I'm, I'm literally, you know, promoting his code. One per customer valid from the 15th of October to the 1st of November. And yeah, over there, there is, um, it did say how many were actually available. I went really quiet then for a second because I was, I was reading. You can buy these digitally. Just remember that you can buy these digitally, digitally, and it's like 16, 17 pound digitally. Um, this is 40 pound and you're paying the premium to have it as a boxed version. So, you know, there is that. I think these are all like, you know, with, in conjunction with the developers and all those kind of things. So that's happening. And then you've also got uh, Final Fantasy, uh, as I said, 7 and 8 remastered twin pack. The physical Final Fantasy 7 and 8 twin pack was revealed for Asia last year. And now the release is finally spreading to some more regions of the world. Per announcement on Twitter, Square Enix will release the duo physically in Europe and the Middle East, Australia and New Zealand on December 4th. Additionally, Final Fantasy VIII Remaster will also release physically by itself on the PlayStation 4 as well in a pretty generic looking box. Yeah, that is really generic. Jesus. With an abundance of terrific Nintendo Switch eShop sales and considering the length of time since Final Fantasy VII VIII Remastered Twin Pack launched in Asia, it's likely that a lot of fans of these games already bought them for the Switch, whether digitally or import them. Nevertheless, the hardcore fans might not mind double dipping or realistically triple quadruple dipping for physical release. Do remember these games originally released on the PS1. Okay, way back in like 97 and 90, you know, way back. Uh, I think 7 released in 99. You know, I, I've got a copy on the PC for them all. They're coming to the Xbox Game Store. I think I may own 8 on my Switch. Um... I'm pretty sure I've got one of them on my iPad. You know, it's crazy, like, how much they can really recirculate money out of these old games. It, it boggles my mind. You know, us gamers are a strange breed of human being that we will buy a game multiple times. I think the biggest example is, um, like, Dead Cells. Dead Cells is an incredible Metroidvania. And, you know, I think probably... Two or three times, quite easily, plus it's on Game Pass. You know, it's it's crazy. Of course, players in North America simply can continue um, simply continue to be unable to purchase the Final Fantasy VII VIII Remastered Twin Pack domestically. Square Enix logic there is unclear, but the questioning is the developer overall strong support for the Switch, but between Bravely Default and the Kingdom Hearts Melody of Memory. Um, Bravely Default is a game that I will be getting uh, whenever that comes out, uh, hopefully by the end of this year. I'm hoping it's the December release for the Switch. I really, really, really want it. Um, the Outer Worlds on the Switch is getting a patch next week. I don't own this, so thanks to Nintendo Life for dropping this. Um, since the arrival on the Switch this year, Virtuous and Private Division have been hard work on a patch to improve the overall experience. Now, this has been one of the biggest things with 
The Outer Worlds on the Switch, if you can play it on a different console, play it on a different system. It's The Switch is quite horrible, is the best way to describe it. Um, it's not great. If that's your only way of playing it, then yeah, play it. But it'll be interesting to see what this patch does. Now in an update from official um, Outer Worlds Twitter account, it's been confirmed the anticipated patch will roll out on the 21st of October, and there's also, there'll also be a sale on the 22nd. Alongside this, the following image shows the visual changes to the Switch version, and it does look better. You know, it does look dramatically better in places. The shadows look like they've got a bit more definition. The lighting looks like it's a better visual overall. The buildings look a bit better. You know, it's not going to be PC quality, and I don't think anybody wants it to be PC quality. I think what people want is it to be playable and enjoyable. You know, and that's always been the thing. And I think that's the biggest problem with this kind of game on the Switch. This is the game that really shows the limitations of what the Switch can do. It's an incredible thing that they brought it over, but should they have brought it over in the first place? Is a real? Is I think it's another question. It, you know, but we'll have to see. We'll have to wait to see what reviews say. People say once the patch drops. There's no word on the game's first expansion DLC, which will be released on Switch. But this content has been confirmed by the platforms. By, by for the platform private division so it'll be interesting to see what happens you know we need a, a post-patch review maybe i'll reach out to to virtuous and private division to do a review now that we've got the patch um, maybe that's something we can do and pokemon sword and shield i'm sorry to disappoint everyone i missed this week's tournament i completely utterly forgot um, I was going to do the, the the online competition, but forgot completely. But there we are. Pokemon Sword and Shield, the Crown Tundra, which releases in a week, um, gets new details on Dynamax Adventures, 100% chance of captures for legendary Pokemon. So I think this is in the cave routes where you go in with friends, and they have the legendaries have a 100% chance rate. So if you don't really, re you know, you go into um, a raid den with the possibility of when you defeat the Pokemon that it won't be captured. It's as simple as that. But new details from the Crown Tundra in the Pokemon Sword and Shield have been revealed during the latest episode of uh, Pokinichi. Information was provided about Dynamax Adventures. Here's a full rundown. To get Legend of Pokemon, you have to face against three Dynamax Pokemon beforehand. From where you start after defeating it, you'll have a choice of which way to go before finally getting to the final Pokemon. Damage received uh, from the previous stage carries over. PP and HP lost, it continues onwards. You can find characters, berries, and paths that can heal. You can guarantee capture legendary Pokemon you face, but you can only capture one. So essentially what that means is you will only be able to capture that one that you see. And then I'm hoping you can like rotate through them and, and go on. It's um, interesting. It really is. It's an interesting kind of um, concept. It actually releases the end of this week. So it releases here in the UK quite late Friday and I'll probably do a stream on Friday evening of the Crown Tundra exploring those kind of things whether it'll be on Nintendo beyond Nintendo's um YouTube channel or we'll stream on YouTube I don't I don't know yet but it releases like two in the morning I think here in the UK and it's like it casts the 22nd in the US so yeah that's kind of what it is but it looks like the, the legendary Pokemon are going to have a 100% catch rate. We don't know if they're shiny locked at this point. We don't know. That's something we're going to have to wait and see. I can't wait to start 
you know, getting some of the Pokemon that I've got in Pokemon Home that I can then get into Pokemon Sword and Shield and get them out of home so I can transfer things around. Um, I will just want to put a little bit of a, a warning out um, for trading because in Pokemon Sword and Shield, just recently I've been seeing a lot of uh, what I would class as hacked shinies. Um, on the surprise trade feature, you're getting... Um, you can basically trade for a, a a shiny or whatever. You can literally go there and, you know, not see it. Or, you know, you can trade for any Pokemon is what I'm trying to say. And essentially what happens is people basically just put, um, go onto these websites where you can edit Pokemon into short Sword and Shields and they'll trade with you, but they'll be hacked ones. I've got one here, um, which came from, into my copy of sword and all i can do is release it you know or you know try and get rid of it somehow but they're from like mgdiscord.co or other sites do it so just watch out because you don't know if they're going to be fully hacked and they could you know they may wreck your game you may get banned online just be very careful i got a, a shiny charizard um which i thought was really weird but there's a lot of hacked pokemon going around in sword and shield and I don't think it'll be long before Nintendo does something about it. The other thing is, um, there's a new code for Pikachu with a Kalos cap. Uh, I'll read the code out. Um, so get this, launch Pokemon Sword Shields, mystery gift, get a mystery gift with a code. And the password is the following. It's K-A-L-0-S-P-1-K-A. That's K-A-L-0-S-P-1-K-A. And then the gifts arrive, and then be to say, sure to save your game, and away you go. And that would be it for this week's news. Should we talk about some games? Over the past few days, I finally got around to doing the events that I wanted to have a look at and talk about. I'm talking about the Brawlhalla event with the Walking Dead crossover where you had the beat-em-up kind of uh, onslaught-style thing. It's very good. Um, I experienced a lot of uh, connection issues from my Switch. I don't know if that was my internet or was just the server. I generally do have quite bad internet from time to time. It's the speeds are fine, but it can be an absolute crock of crap if it really wants to be and this was one of its days where it was just like dropping signal but the idea is you have x amount of rounds i'm yet to win one zombies drop in you and a teammate are there just beating the crap out of wave after wave after wave it's a really cool concept in a beat-em-up um, but it also got me thinking that i want to play smash brawlhalla is a great game don't get me wrong and it's free and it's it is good if you don't have smash but i kind of want to do a bit of a comparison between them both but this actual mode that i'm here to talk about is good it's a lot of fun zombies just keep coming you don't really know which way you're going you can't attack each other and they have like a pit where they've got a fall through so on one side you can bounce them off a wall with depending on what weapons you're picking up and then on the other side there's a pit where they fall through and they're out uh, you start with three lives and essentially it's to beat the crap out of people as quickly, or zombies as quickly as possible. Brawlhalla, as I said, is free. It's free to download. You can jump into this event right now. It's worth having a go, especially if you don't own Smash. It's probably the second best brawler on Switch. Um, just watch out because some of the cosmetics are quite expensive. You know, the things in the 
cash shop are expensive in a sense. It is free, but the Walking Dead stuff. If you're into the Walking Dead and you're pl- and you're playing this for the Walking Dead, you know those skins are 300 uh, gems a, a pop. I don't know what that converts to. I think it's a, probably about a tenner, eight or nine quid, something like that. Um, and that just seems a little bit much for a cosmetic skin. But you know it is a good shout. If you are going to download it for free, might be worth uh, jumping into it and buying the. I think like the, the the pack you can get all the fighters. I think that's like fifteen to sixteen pound, I believe. But that's worth a worth a look. Um, but yeah, so it's good. It really is. It's worth a shoot. Shoot. It's worth a shot. And the event itself is great. It's available on uh, PC consoles, and it's also available on mobile devices if that's your bag. So download it. Give it a go. Uh, if you like your your beat 'em ups and you just want to kick the crap out of zombies for you know hours and hours the other one i tried was the demo for kingdom hearts uh melody something um i knew from the beginning i was going to hate this i'm not a rhythm game person i don't like these games and i'm not going to sit here and bag on anybody if they do that's your thing my thing is i don't like these but i thought i'd give it a go it's nice to see kingdom hearts on switch but i would rather see the Kingdom Hearts games that we know and love come to the console, not them. Uh, you know, and that's that's not me bit trying to be, um, you know, a butt wipe about it. I just don't get on with these rhythm style games. You know, you're on a track and you have to go to the beat of the music. Um, I'm not saying I can't understand beats of music and stuff, but there we are. Um, and you control your three characters by um pressing certain buttons so you press a or the left stick uh, sorry the left trigger and the right trigger left shoulder button and the right shoulder button so not the trigger buttons but you jump and uh you can jump you can fly a little bit and you have to press the button in the right time to hit the enemy now i didn't spend a lot of time with this because i knew i wasn't going to like it it's not for me but it looks cool and i'm hoping this is a bit more of a test to see if you know how kingdom hearts would you know react to on the switch i think if you're one you're a kingdom hearts fan it's going to be it's going to suffice in some way but also two i think if you're uh, into your like your music style games those rhythm games you're gonna love this um it's pretty that's got it going for it, i suppose but that's my hot take on kingdom hearts it's not for me um but I'm sure there'll be others that really do enjoy it. And I do want to just add very quickly that I know you should never go into reviewing something with a personal bias, but it's very difficult. If I'm not a fan of that kind of game, then I'm not going to do it. I just wanted to see what it was like. Simple as that. Before anybody goes and burns my podcast to the ground, that's just my thing. There you go. Please don't burn my podcast to the ground. And... To continue my free game kind of thing at the minute, I want to talk about Dauntless. Now, I'm a little bit concerned that I may have already spoken about Dauntless, but if I have, this is kind of an extension of what I've spoken about before, but this is more in-depth kind of discussion. For those who don't know, Dauntless is a free-to-play game. It's available on console, and it's available on PC. It's done and developed by Phoenix Labs, and it's distributed by Epic Games. As I said, it's on Switch, and that's the version that I'm going to be talking about. But I mainly want to talk about this in a sense of performance. Because Dauntless, 
is one of those games that falls in the same kind of category as um, The Outer Worlds. If you can play this game on other systems, play it on other systems. There's nothing wrong with the Switch version, but I recommended this is a really good free-to-play game. It is really good, and this is really difficult for me to kind of find the balance, but the performance sucks in places. It definitely runs at a lower resolution, of course. There's no reason why it shouldn't. Um, and the overall action is great. It really is. It's solid. But the performance I found quite jarring. I also found the wireless connection really, really poor at times. Um, again, that could be my internet, but I found it very all over the place where some days I'd get a game um, and get a match really quickly. And then some days I wouldn't. And then when I jumped on the wired connection, I actually found it just as bad in places. Now, again, this is personal experience. I'm not saying that Dauntless services are a, a trash and they're dumpster fired. No, this is a personal experience. And I know people who play Dauntless on the Switch who have, have had flawless internet experiences and they, and they love it. Dauntless is a Monster Hunter style game. You load in, you jump into a world, you beat the crap out of a monster, you come back, build some gear, jump in again, build a crap, build, be, kick the crap out of a monster and rinse and repeat. And as I said, that's the game, but the performance is a little bit kind of, you can tell that the resolution's down a bit and it's just a bit eh, on the switch. But it's a great game. It's really difficult to find that kind of balance. But overall, I'm having a blast with it on the Switch. And this is the problem. It's got its serious flaws where the performance and the internet issues are definitely there uh, or the connection issues are definitely there. But it's a great game. There's something quite addictive when you team up with four people that want to go on a hunt, take out a monster, come back, grind, you know, get that gear sorted out and then do the next bit. And there's something addictive about that grind, that next bit, that I want to get the better gear, I want to improve my gear, I want to keep going. And it's that addictiveness. And I think what I'm trying to say is, for a free-to-play game that's on the Switch, and, this, and as I said, if you've got other places to play this, play it. But if you haven't, this game is incredible. It's free, there's a battle pass system, there's all those kind of free-to-play tropes, but you don't need any of that. You can just jump in, enjoy a game for free, and it's really inspiring to see that there are developers out there that care enough to release a game knowing that they will make enough money through, you know, other cosmetic means to just keep going. It has a strong player base. I didn't find, when I say connection issues were a problem, I didn't find finding a match a problem. I found being in the match a bit of a problem. But that's kind of it. There's not really much more to say about Dauntless. And the reason I'm doing it here is I can't remember if I'd already spoken about my experience with Dauntless. You know, I, I've got a lot going on and I can't find it on one of my show notes. So there you go. Um, but I do want to add that we'll be doing a impressions of Dragon Quest XI S, uh, Echoes of Elusive Age on in the midweek show. The reason that's going to be a first impressions, I'm 12 hours in. I don't feel like I've scratched the surface. That game is huge. So bear with me. And hopefully we'll be having some full new reviews coming very, very soon. And that's it. That concludes this week's, the weekend, this weekend's edition of Beyond Nintendo. Thank you to everyone that's joined me. Thank you to everyone that's listening and downloading the show. I really, really appreciate it. It's incredible to see uh, so many people getting on board, getting involved. You can get involved. You can, you listening there can get involved in the show by going over to Twitter, 
finding me on Twitter at Beyond Tendo. Again, I'm sorry, it's got me Beyond Tendo. I'm going to have to think of something different, but it is because someone is Beyond Nintendo and they took my name and yeah, there we go. Um, you can also get in touch with the show uh, um, by emailing me. Email me um, at beyond the it's beyond Nintendo podcast at gmail.com. Leave me a message, whatever it is. Leave me a message and I'll get, I'll get back to you as soon as possible or I'll read it out on the show. You can download the show on iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts or wherever you get your podcast from. Make sure you give us a review. I'd love to know. Feedback is always is one of the best tools uh, for me to improve the show and hopefully I'm improving every release. Um, or if you want to, or if you already have it, you can download the Anchor app. Anchor is where this show is uh, hosted. Anchor.fm slash beyond Nintendo. And you can go over there. You can download it on Google Play or the Apple App Store. And you can leave me a voice note if you wish. Thank you, everyone. And we'll see you for the midweek show, Wednesday or Thursday, whenever I can get around to it over those two days. Till then, see you soon. Bye-bye.